Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Do we want to get right Well, hello, everyone, and welcome in to Rock Out Loud, the rockin'est podcast on the Internet. And um, I'm sitting here. I may be blowing everybody out because my headphones were turned way too low. And I'm looking. I'm like, oh, am I peeking over here? I don't know what's happening. We're welcoming you in. It's the Rockin'est podcast on the Internet. And I'm Steve Glosson. Glad to have you along with us on what's going to play. Uh, what I think promises to be a very fun episode of Rock Out Loud um, as we are going to be talking about the music of Rock Sugar, which is basically the music of everybody once we get into it. So I'm really excited about that. But it's not just me. We've got to have her with us. She is the rockiness chick in all the land. And uh, this week's birthday girl. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen from Jersey. Hi, everybody. I'm here. I'm excited. I am ready to rock sugar and roll. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, once once you get past twenty one, and then you just go to the the decades. I mean, we're past the decade now, so yeah. I gotta wait till I'm forty to be excited about anything. Well, don't tell my wife that because we celebrate birthdays big around here. Really? Oh yeah, birthdays are a big deal. Um, they, they, my wife, growing up, um, her mom is my, my wife, my mother in law is just let's make everything a big deal type individual like they love to to now what that means is 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 like the things that should be super big deals are just hat kind of big deals because everything's a major thing <laughs> so growing up her mother did for them the birthday fairy what and that meant from a week leading up to their birthday they would receive like a little birthday fairy present every day God. Now, it would be something, you know, it'd be a trinket, a small thing of affection, maybe one of their favorite candy or, you know, or, or something like that. And um, But I don't know how to give little bitty presents when I give presents. I'm like, I got to go big or go home. Oh. And so, yeah. I mean, that's good for her. Like, right. Yeah give, yeah. give me seven days of big presents. Right, right. <laughs> well, I try not, I try to scale back, you know, but, but I still, but so, so, but I get that same treatment now, you know, a week leading up to my birthday, I'll get the same treatment. Even though I'm like, you know what? Don't worry about it. We can just do, you know, nope. Mm-mm. Birthday fairy all the way. Yeah. That's revolutionary. Yeah. It, it'll change I your mean, life. I get, you know, kind of, you know, screwed over a little bit because having a birthday in the beginning of January is after the holidays and New Year's and everybody's like, you know, fun times and festivities out. So So it was always fun as a child. See, I was scarred, Steve, Mm -hmm. personally, because as a child to get people to come to your birthday early January, real difficult. We won't get into it. Uh, (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) You sound, you sound okay. (laughs) I mean, I did get a David Bowie uh, ring this year, which was just Sweet. fabulous. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, some some music things. I got some music uh, 
oracle cards for my tarot people out there, anybody that believes in that stuff, um, which is a hell of a fun time to look at that. And I really want the David Bowie card just blown up so I can make it into a poster and put it just on my wall. <laughs> so so you had a good birthday then this year. I did. I mean, yeah. as good as it can be in, you know, the time of COVID. Yeah. Well, see, there you go. There's that other thing that, that kind of is a stickler for everyone and everything going on. You know, I, I'm January 25 and, um, and, and it's a month, you know, obviously a month after Christmas to the day. And it's, and I am lucky. I'm just far enough removed that everyone's kind of had a breather. Yeah. You know, and so I, it's my birthday has never been, you know, quite associated with Christmas the way you early January folks would be, I guess. Um, but uh, but happy birthday. And in honor of your birthday, we're going to do something I want to do on the show. I know. So- <laughs> I, I said to Steve before we got on air, guys, I was like, we have what? Like, you know, 90 episodes. I have no idea how many episodes we have of this show. But like, oh, what? We have 90 episodes. And I have said, we're going to do this for basically 90 of them. <laughs> now, transparency. Steve is all, I'm always like, Steve, what do you want to do? And Steve's always like, you think of a topic. So. Yeah, I'm very much like, well, because I know that if you do it, I can come along and, and jump in on that mess. But you'll have the passion and everything to back it up. And it, look, have we really had, it's like you said, have we really had a, just a bad show? Have we ever crashed and burned? I don't, I truly do not think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. There may have been some that aren't as good as others. Yeah. You know, but, but I don't know that we've ever truly just crashed and burned. Now that I've broken my arm patting us on the back, um, <laughs> Now it's Steve's turn to carry the show. But, we need the passion and everything from Steve. So that, the roles right. are going to be reversed. That's right. So if we crash and burn. That's, it's it's on me. Yeah, it's on me. So <laughs> and lesson will be learned and I will and I will revert back to the Marvel notebook and see what what things we've come up with in the past. Um, before we get into that, I got a couple of things I want to talk to you about really quickly. So excited. Speaking of my wife, you know, a, a while back. Uh, I think, I don't know if I was married yet or if we were dating, and I, and I think I told this story on the air of being at a local coffee house here in town, and someone had done a painting of the boss, and oh, yes. it was it was almost, it, is it a Beatles album, you know, where it's got their heads all over the, in different colors? I don't know, but it's that standard thing where you have the, the, the same headshot. In, it's the Warhol thing. Yeah, the Warhol thing, thank you, where, where it's the same headshot in different squares, but it's with Bruce. Well, my wife, who I think I was just dating at the time, look was looking at it. She's like, "Is that John Cusack?" <laughs> like she was like, I "Why?" Mean, depending on the era, like I can sure, see a resemblance. Sure. Well, yeah, it was young Bruce. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not. But she and she was like, "Is that John? Why do they have John Cusack? You know, a picture of John Cusack?" I said, "Well, that's not. That's <laughs> that's Bruce. That's Bruce Springsteen. You know, and Blast uh, that's the boss. And we had it. You know, because like, yeah, why would you have?" a Warhol-style painting of John Cusack up in your coffee shop. I don't, you know, maybe they're just high-fidelity fans or some such. Oh, so good. So um, so that was, and like, understand that this wasn't just a 30-second conversation. There was actually a little bit of back and forth about it where she was disagreeing with me for a minute. Okay. Until I Until I had to go look at the title and say, it says The Boss. It's called, it, the title of the painting is The Boss, who is Bruce Springsteen. So then I had to pull up a picture of him and, and show her, and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So um, the other day, my wife is perusing the Facebook, and she comes across uh, the picture of you with Bruce um, Ah, at the book signing, and um, she's like, oh, is this Kristen's granddad? Oh, 
my god. <laughs> I wish that was my granddad. <laughs> I said, nope, I mean, that's Bruce to Springsteen. Be fair, mm-hmm. he is probably old enough. Sure, he's, sure he's he is. Old yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he's only just like, you know, the god among men of my life. Right, right. And I was, <laughs> I was just like, nope, that's Bruce Springsteen. It was from a book signing, and, and I told her the story, you know, that you told on the show. of You know, you kind of held it together while you were there, but immediately lost it once you got in your car. Yep. And I'm like... The car, the parking lot right yeah. outside the bookstore. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> So I, it was just a great, you know, it was a great story. But I just thought it was so funny. It's like, is that her granddad? So no. we've, di- we've discovered Bruce Springsteen. That's her blind spot. It's that's okay. right. That's right. She's she- never going to recognize Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and you know what that means, Steve? That means that at some point in your life, at some point, you are going to cross paths with Bruce Springsteen if you are with her, because she will have no idea who it is. That's right. Yeah, and she'll and see him, and I won't. People like that. <laughs> right. She'll be like, I mean, this great guy. He was on a motorcycle out there. He said his name was Bruce. And what? from New Jersey. It was really weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he was doing down here. I guess they're vacationing. No, she would know. She would have all the answers. She's like, now who are you? You're Bruce? Hey, nice to meet you. I'm Haley. Um, My husband sometimes picks on me like he's going to get a motorcycle, but you're actually riding one. What are you guys doing in Florida right now? Oh, your vacation? We are too. Where are you guys staying? And that's when it gets really weird. you know. And, and at that point, he realizes she has no idea who I am. And you that's know? when he's probably like, oh, like this is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And you, you don't get that here. Right. And then as I come walking out from whatever donut shop I've been in cramming my fat face. You drop all the donuts yeah. that you brought out to her. Yeah. And as as I see him back up and pull away. Because there are no <laughs> helmet laws in Florida still. And, and yeah. And I'll be like, do you know who that was? You're like, yeah, some nice guy named Bruce. That's, that's when you just collapse. Yeah, that's exactly what'll happen. That is exactly how to go down. Because, <laughs> like I said, that's who meets people like that when they're like, "Oh yeah, I had this really random encounter." Right, and you're like, right. "I have literally followed this man my entire life and have never had in a casual encounter." Yeah, yeah. I, that 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 kind of happened to me at um at a Star Wars celebration. We were okay. we were hanging out at a little get together before everything got going, and um. These these guys come in who are hanging out with us, and I get introduced to them, and I'm just like, hey, how's it going, guys? It's like, well, this is Matt, and this is David. Well, it was Matthew Woods and David Accord, who are the sound designers for Star Wars these days, and one was the voice of General Grievous in Episode 3, and I just am just talking to him like it's no big deal. I'm like, well, it's good to meet you guys. See you around. Bye. Yeah. Didn't you also meet the drummer from Fall Out Boy like I that, did too? hang, yeah, that was the whole time he was there, that, that little get-together, just hanging out with Andy from Fall Out Boy, yep. So. <laughs> Didn't matter to me one bit. I'm like, what's up, dude? How's it going? Who the hell are you? You like Star Wars? Cool. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's all, all that matters. That's right. <laughs> We're all equals right now. Doesn't matter how many records you've sold. So that's where it was. All right. So the other thing I want to run by you yeah. is um, is from a discussion that was had on the Guardians of Goliverse Facebook page, which people can get to by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. And uh, if you go to join the Facebook group or the Facebook, yeah, the Facebook group rather, um, it is a private group. There are two questions that you need to answer so we can kind of verify that you're listeners. There are some people who haven't listened to anything, and I just haven't let them into the group yet because they sit in purgatory. They they really do because it's like, well, what are you doing here if you don't listen? You know. Um. So John Custer Jr. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. says, I have a question about the These Days episode of Rock Out Loud. Do you all like John Bon Jovi's solo albums? You talk about the Bon Jovi albums, but not the John stuff, Blaze of Glory and Destination Anywhere. So I saw that and I responded, that's a great question. I can pretty much guarantee that Kristen has thoughts on this. And then this was the day before your birthday, so I threw out a happy birthday tomorrow. And uh, and you, and you and just as I knew you would, um, I have to click see more on your quote. On your comment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but it was a great it was great it was great times. Um because you you brought up, you know, look that you're a big fan of the Blaze of Glory record, but here's something that I was, you know, as old as I I was that day years old when I discovered that Blaze of Glory the Blaze of Glory album was just John it, that it wasn't <gasps> it wasn't all of it wasn't the group. I just always assumed it was the the group had done that. Oh my god, no, just yeah. him. Well, see, shows you what I know. Just him. Yeah. He had like Jeff Beck and like all these like, you know, big, you know, studio guys, like just well-known musicians that mm-hmm. he got to play with him on that record. Yeah. Cuz that was kind of that was after New Jersey. That's when the band hated each other that they all thought that they were never going to be. There was not going to be another Bon Jovi record. Mm. Well, and you know, obviously Blaze of Glory's on there. Yes. Um, and so, um, and and really, what's interesting about that album, and I just know this, I have a bootleg recording somewhere that, you know, back I got back during the LimeWire days mm-hmm. of, of John doing um, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Okay. And he's like, this is a song that was originally written by Bob Dylan for the movie Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Or the Billy, yeah, whatever, and um, and it's like, oh yeah, and then he went on to do that Blaze of Glory song, you know, with with Bon Jovi. They did the Blaze of Glory, but I didn't realize it wasn't they; it was he. Yeah, it so, was him. Yeah, and like there, I mean, I said it in the post. Like there are some great songs on there. I mean, Miracle is incredible. Um, probably one of the most impactful videos in my entire childhood life. There is a point where John reaches into a fountain and gets his hands filled with water and like, you know, runs it through his hair and like down mm. his chest. Yeah. Really impactful. Um, really impactful. And then also like blood money, blood money is like <laughs> really a impact. minute and a half of pure perfection and bang a drum. Like so good. I'd recommend. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I was not that, like I say, I was, I was unaware that was a original John. That was just John anywhere. Now, he brings up Destination Anywhere, and I don't see that you mentioned that at all. I did mention Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I never got into Destination Anywhere, but you say <laughs> yeah. you haven't listened to it in like 15 years. Yeah, like literally, I probably have listened to it twice in my life and was like, I'm not really into this, mm-hmm. so I kind of just haven't revisited it. Um, but yeah, it just, it wasn't my thing. I And superficially, that might have been because his hair was really short and I was like seven. Mm, okay, yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I might need to, oh, well, not might, like I definitely need to revisit it because I definitely um, give that album zero credit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now also, um, he brought up then the, um, the Sambora LPs. Yes, he did. And I knew, I'm like, well, there we go. Now it's on. (laughs) Because I made no, I make no apologies. I am team Richie all day, every day. 
Yeah, that that was uh, that that was that was uh, that was fun. And then, bless Philel Morricone's heart, he comes in and is like, "Hey, Blaze of Glory has a Sylvestri score cue on it." Well, okay, <laughs> thanks, buddy. You know. <laughs> hey, people are participating, Steve. We love that. Yeah, I loved it. I was really great, and um, I thought it was fun times. No, I just I, I was like, finally, people are talking rock out loud stuff in the Goliverse group. Yeah, it was awesome. So, um. Good, good stuff. Because we're geeky, but just in a very different way. Yes, yeah, sure. Well, you know, listen. Here's the thing. I, you know, you put you put a group of Star Wars fans in one room talking Star Wars, and then you put a group of you name it band fans in a room talking whatever band they're talking about. And what you're going to find out is the discussions are the exact same. The arguments are the exact same. <laughs> It's just different words in yep. those arguments. Like it's all they sold out, or the new stuff sucks, and the old stuff was the best. Or let's you know, rank everything. Yes, let's. You know, I need a tier list of this, and you know, what, what's the godlike caliber? Which ones are there? Right. Who I was. I'm an OG fan because I was there since you know episode four, but you only came in during the prequels, and so you know, this, I outrank you. Right. I've it, seen them 150 times. Exactly. I was there during the day. I loved greetings from Asbury Park before anyone knew what it was, you know, and yeah, that I kind of Bruce stuff. I saw Bruce at the friggin' fast lane. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's the same exact kind of discussions, you know, um, <clears throat> as it is with, with any geeky stuff. So, so yeah, so it's, it's fun time. So that's the Guardians of the Goliverse group. Over at geekoutonline.com slash group will take you to the Facebook group there. And uh and a lot of fun discussion. So um well Kristen, I yeah, my hope was that we'd be doing a listen through to the newest album by Rock Sugar uh mm-hmm. on this particular episode. Um however, uh that hasn't been delivered yet, and they're looking at uh it will be next month for Reinventinator is the name of the uh, album. Um, so we're coming back to the first album tonight, Reimaginator. Okay. I want to take you back to, it had to be circa 2009-ish, um, because I was in the throes of doing Starkville's House of L, um, Geek Out Loud, um, maybe it was 2008, Geek Out Loud, Starkville House of L, uh, we were probably doing Sky Next at that point, who knows, the point is this. That I got a message or I got tagged with a Facebook with a with a YouTube video on Facebook one day, or maybe it was Twitter. Who knows? And it was uh, my friend Michael Bailey, Superman Professor Michael Bailey, and he's like, "This it seems right up Steve Glosson's alley." And it was this song that uh, we'll get to tonight. It's it's the number six track on the the debut album by Rock Sugar Reimaginator. And uh, it's called Praying for a Sweet... No, no, no. It's called Shook Me Like a Prayer. Ah. And, um... I think I know what songs they are. Yeah, and I hit the play button on said video, not knowing what to expect, and, and it's I'm like, well, this is just a cover of Shook Me All Night Long, as they open with those, you know, familiar opening riff of ACDC. But then all of a sudden, this rock voice just begins to belt out the lyrics to Madonna's Like a Prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Which, in and of itself, is a great song. Yes, yes. Now, was it banned in my house back in the day? Yes, you better believe it was. 
Any, well, I mean, she burned crosses, Steve. Anything sung by Madonna was banned back in the day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, it's a great song. And and it jams. And all of a sudden, I'm like, loving this. And, and I want to laugh at it as though it may be a joke. But then I realized, no, this dude's got pipes. These guys can play. And this is just a lot of fun. And uh, that led me down a rock sugar rabbit hole. And I never, I never fully crawled out. I was going to say that you're still in. Oh, yes, yes. I have called them the unofficial house band of the Big Honkin' Show. Um, they have... You've interviewed the singer? Interviewed Jess Harnell, voice of uh, Wacko Warner. And, and, and all, all kinds... Of, I mean, incredible voice actor. You know, like, he doesn't need this. He's just having fun doing this. And, um, yeah, so... What's fun, though, is... I don't know if their story, their origin story, is still up over on their website or not. I should have pulled this up already. But they they made a little story up about the origin of the band because every superhero group has to have an origin story. Of course. And um, <clears throat> this is what it says. 1989 should have been the best year ever for Rock Sugar. The big-haired heavy metal band that had just broken the top 41 on the rock radio charts with their solid brass debut album, Bang You Like a Drum. But instead, headlining concert, instead of headlining concerts, Rock Sugar made the headlines when they were presumed lost forever after playing an extremely ill-advised gig celebrating the bat mitzvah of a 13-year-old Lisa Rosenberg. The show was performed miles out to sea aboard the private luxury lot yacht of Lisa's father, Schnapps Millionaire, or Schnapps Millionaire, Shlomo Rosenberg. Assuming that Rock Sugar was some innocent boy band, Shlomo had no idea who they actually were or what they actually sounded like. He only knew from his extremely spoiled daughter that they were, quote, really cute, unquote. And he figured that must mean she would love their music. She didn't. And judging from the stunned expressions on their faces, neither did her prepubescent little friends. Shortly after the, the chorus of Rock Sugar's second song, Now You Like a Hammer, a drunken and violent brawl broke out involving the band, a rabbi, a clown, the captain, a guy in a Smurf costume, and Shlomo, and well over a hundred infuriated and now thoroughly confused children. In the midst of the fight, as Jesse, the lead singer, was pummeling the Smurf and no one was steering the ship anymore, it struck an undersea stone wall as the boat was sinking. The extremely unhappy and now yachtless Shlomo refused to let Rock Sugar climb aboard the life rafts to safety. Having been denied rescue, the band credit their miraculous ability to make it to the shore alive only because their firmly held belief that sharks don't eat metal. Left to their own extremely questionable survival skills, Rock Sugar managed to salvage several items from the sunken yacht. In addition to their instruments, they retrieved a hot pink battery-powered boombox covered with stickers of Hello Kitty, a crate of batteries, 158 cases of schnapps, and numerous articles of teenage girls' um, clothing, which most of the band admit to trying on, and several pieces of which apparently fit and look pretty freaking awesome. But things got worse when the horrified rockers discovered that the only music available for them to listen to was Lisa Rosenberg's very pop, very 13-year-old girls, very 80s CD collection. And so, the hardcore degenerate heavy metal members of Rock Sugar spent the last two decades stuck on an island with nothing to do but drink schnapps, catch hard to digest wildlife, befriend monkeys, and dream of their life, their long-lost groupies while listening only to and being slowly and systematically brainwashed by every favorite pop song of a 1980s preteen girl. <laughs> Bored, 
full of schnapps and wasting away on a tropical oasis, they built a stage out of driftwood, bamboo shoots, and tree sap and got to work. Against the odds, Rock Sugar was alive, and they were practicing. Flash forward 20 years when a tuna boat with a screwed-up compass discovered a group of long-haired castaways on a deserted island far out in the middle of the Pacific. Finally rescued and now violently thrown back into the real life of present-day Los Angeles and with absolutely no clue whatsoever of anything that's happened, developed, or changed in the world since 1989, Rock Sugar is back and ready to electrify audiences with their brand-new razor-sharp, psychotically original sound. So... Yep. I mean, I think I need a movie. Right? <laughs> well, I the, think it's a sin that no one's made that into a movie. The the first video they did for this for this first track of this album has them actually kind of washing up on shore. Love it. Yeah. And it, so it all starts out at the beach and everything, but um the first track is it, it, I mean like it's one of those that if you're going to be a rock and roll, I, see, this is the thing. I had friends that I didn't know when I introduced them to this stuff, what they would think. Because much like we just said, music people can be total snobs about what they love, especially people who love Metallica. You know, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I can't deny. So this is the first track. Off of their uh, debut album, Reimaginator, this is Don't Stop the Sandman.
I don't know where to turn the song down at because I just love it so much. <laughs> and this is just the first song. Can I just say, I love that how even though like this, you know, they're pulling the whole 80s thing, right? Right. I love like the, yeah, yeah. immediately yeah. tells me like, yeah, you've heard 90s music. That's you've heard right. 90s rock music. That's right. <laughs> It's well, like that freaking um, heaven that your light shines. Yeah, it's that. Yes, it really is. It really is. <laughs> but they also, like, in a minute, they'll actually go into Inner Sandman. You know, they'll do the exit light. And it's just. I mean, like, you have to. But he also, you know, look, we did a whole episode one time on Journey and, and kind of talked about them and, and, you know, that Steve Perry is that definitive voice for that group. And um, and how, well, here we go. And you know, and Steve Perry has those pipes that just, you know, no no bounds. Well, right out of the gate, Jess Harnell is doing some things vocally where not only is he doing like the high pitched stuff, like he hits that, um, uh, hey, you know that that thing, but then he also does that Metallica thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but and it's it, weird because like if you didn't know, you would think that that was two different singers. Yeah. Because I mean, usually you're not going to get a dude that's singing like those super high pitched Steve. Perry, you know, up in the stratosphere vocals and then doing a Metallica in the same yeah, song. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a, he, you know, he's a voice actor, so he's got that kind of control and, uh, and it's just, but look, this is like, here's the thing. Like, I just like this thing started and I'm like, I just love this so much because, because it does jam. Like they're, they're not holding back on the guitar playing. They're not holding back on the the production, the the production on this album is actually really good for for just the amount of sound that comes through, you know, and, and the way because it's essentially a lot of covers and mashups, and and that has. Are there any originals on it, or oh, is it no. all mashups? No, it's all mashups. No, it's okay. Yeah, just they're checking. they're not interested in your in your originals, Kristen. They're they're. <laughs> <laughs> they're like the cover band at the bar that's like we want to do our originals they're the opposite of that they're right. the opposite of the band in rock star that was like we just want to play our originals right they they have no desire to play their originals they they know their lane and they stay in it my friend <laughs> <So>. <laughs> which you know what i appreciate there's something about like i think this is why acdc is so popular right like acdc they put out a record they put out a song you know exactly what you're gonna get mm -hmm. sometimes you just want meat and potatoes you don't want to go out to like a fusion restaurant to get some weird stuff right you just need some you know comfort food yep. and that's what rock sugar is yeah yeah and that's i mean in a lot of ways you're exactly right they you know and that here well i've always said i never would want to be in a band where we're doing our own stuff I want to be in an '80s cover band. I want to be in an '80s. I want to do what Rock Sugar does. You know, only, you know, I don't have to do the mashup thing. I'll just do whatever. Like, basically, I want to be in a big karaoke band. You know, there if you I, go. you know, I want to be. I mean, you have the pipes. Yeah, so. I want to be the front man for for a karaoke for a, for a karaoke band. <laughs> 
There was this band that um, was big back in the late 2000s named Rooney. Or no, no, Phantom Planet, sorry. Sometimes I confuse them because they are kind of similar. But Phantom Planet, you might know them as the band that sang the OC theme song. Mm. I would not know that at all. Really? Yeah. You didn't watch OC? Not at all. God, Steve, you must be older than me or something. Uh, so, <laughs> hi, like things that define my teenage years. But anyway, they would play shows. And after every single show, they would find a local karaoke bar and they would tell people like, hey, if you're over 21, come to the karaoke bar, hang out with us and do karaoke. And there are some videos online of them just going so Balls to the wall, insane, intense on their karaoke. Yes. Like one Steve, I'll have to send you the, the video. It's them singing We Are the World. And I'm just like, this is Steve Glosson. Nice. Like this this just speaks to me <laughs> for Steve. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And it's like 15 of them. I'll send oh, it to you. I'll do it in a heartbeat. We are the world. Um are the children. So now we're going to hit the the uh, a track that may offend you. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, Sally. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I don't think there's anything else here that would really really may cause you any type of anxiety, but this one may. Um, simply. Is it Bon Jovi? <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> simply because it's Queen. Oh Lord, have mercy! And and they and they roll into, I I don't know how you feel about what they'll roll into is the problem. I'm gonna try my best to not yeah. be judgmental. Sure, sure. Well, listen. In a way, I kind of hope you're gonna want Freddie. <laughs> yeah. In in a way, I, I'm gonna kind of hope you are judgmental, but that's fine. Well, here we go. <laughs>
so, you know, I mean, it's We Will Rock You and obviously Bohemian Rhapsody, um, but they go into Motley Crue, and that's what I didn't know how you'd feel about. I mean, not the most overrated Motley Crue song of all time. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's the bridge. Bridge that song, great. But... Well, look, I gotta tell you, um, (laughs) as far as that song goes... The stuff was good. The Bohemian Rhapsody was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this song just, I mean, like to me, because it is that, you know, overplayed Motley Crue sound stuff, I, I still dig it. Um, uh, have you watched Cobra Kai? Probably not. No. Okay. There, Angie has. There is a scene in Cobra Kai that is, um, it's, it's just a chase scene. Like it's a car chase scene. And okay. as they as they, as they take off and they're chasing a Dodge Caravan, um, and as they take off, like all of a sudden, Motley Crue kicks in, um, kickstarts your heart. Okay. And it just is like so perfect because the whole thing is Johnny Lawrence is stuck in the 80s. He's stuck in that kind of music, you know, second. And it's just like, this is perfect. This is wonderful. And I was just like, this so jams in this moment because they were using it. They, they were using it ironically, but not ironically at the same time. And, um, and so, but this is just, I love, I like the way it goes into that. I like the sped up, we will rock you stuff, you know? And, um, and then here as they close out. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they were about to close. They'll close out and do the nothing really matters. Um, I mean, if you're going to include Bohemian Rhapsody, you have to have the nothing really matters. Part. Right, right. Then, I mean, that's, that's kind of how they, that's kind of how they, they close it out there with that. But, but also, like, the guitar work is so good. Like, they hit the bridge. They've got the whole vo- They've got the whole vocal thing plugged in there t- with it, too. So yep. they're doing a little the talk work. Box. Yeah, the talk box. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Couldn't find talk box. I am a non-child of the 80s that is a child of the 80s. <laughs> That's so. right. That's right. Good old talk box. But I'm telling you, like, I just, I get jazzed. Here we go. Let's see. Not any way the wind blows. Just let me show off my pipes here real real quick. If you got it, flaunt it. That's what I um, say. You know, I do have to agree with John Phillips in the chat. Mm-hmm. You know, he really was singing that Motley stuff all wrong because he was actually enunciating the words. <laughs> that was the most offensive thing about it, Steve. Okay, well, good, good. good. <laughs> I mean, so was, was he really true to it? I don't know, but it was good. Well, what's interesting to me is, I guess maybe Journey's kind of pop rock, you know, by the time you get to Don't Stop Believing. Yes. Um, you know, obviously it was it was definitely radio rock back in the day and, and has become very poppy because of what Glee did to it and all. Um, but, and the Hills. Uh, right. But, um, but this song, I mean, but this was Motley Crue and Queen mashed up, you know, it's not... 
Not real. I mean, I guess they were popular songs, but it. I don't see these as songs that would be in a in a thirteen year old girl's eighties pop music collection. Yeah, like especially because they're they're American, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, especially an American teenage girl in the eighties, because yeah. Queen was not really popular here Mm-mm. in the eighties. Yeah. So so that's so. Here's the thing. I'm saying like I feel like they've they've done some rock. You know, mashups here, but this is where you get into your first real rock pop mashup in this song. Okay. It's Crazy Girl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be, hold on, I'm sorry. Not to be confused with a Buck Cherry song, by the way. I was going to say Barbie Girl. Yeah, no, not Barbie <laughs> Girl. Steve, Steve pulling out the Buck Cherry and me being like, aha. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not, oh, okay, here we go. So this is probably my least favorite song on this album. Wow. Wow. We are about to have a Bon Jovi self-titled moment because <laughs> I was just going to say that this is the best one so oh, far. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> like that blows my mind. This I just understand. I love that. Nice. I like the mashup of it all, but I feel like they start out and they sound more like a cover band than they have so far. Like the the to do. I think they sound way more like a cover band on the Journey Metallica. Song. Okay. Listen, that guitar work. That's some 80s shredding is what that is. I mean, you have to pay tribute to the great Randy Rhodes. Right, right. Um, no, I just, I feel like the all apart, you know, like that's one of those things where he enunciates too well um, at, at there at the beginning of, of the of the song there. And Gotta I, be a little slurry. And I've just never cared for Jesse's Girl. Like, I've just never cared for it as a song. Wow. So, yeah. Hot take from Steve. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that a hot take? I th- I think it is. Wow, I didn't. I mean, well. for you being the '80s lover that you are, to come out so bravely and say something against Jesse's girl is I, well. I, look, I know it's a sacred '80s song. I just never have cared for it. You know, like it's one of those that I feel like I feel like it has found too much of a second life. Um, let's see. Wow. Does he hit the I'm going up the rails? Yeah. That's, there we go. I do like that end in there. I do like what they do there at the end. <laughs> No, I feel like, you know, in, in recent years, there's been a lot of nostalgia projects that have gone on and everything. And I always feel like Jesse's Girl is one of those songs that I, I think has gotten too much of a revival. Um, and, and now, how just, do you feel about Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship? Do you feel the same way? Because I think that song is like, all of a sudden everybody loves it. You can shut your mouth, Kristen. Um <laughs> I'm right. just saying that I feel like everybody that's, talks a lot of crap about that song and how cheesy it is, and now everybody's like, no, it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Really? I mean, I did send you that 80s montage and almost made you cry. Yeah, what? I, who? What? That was a great... Oh, my gosh. That was beautiful. That, that was, was one of the best montages of all time. <sighs> I'm getting chills Check just thinking... Check the Bolivar's group because I'm, it's in there. <laughs> I'm just... I'm getting chills just thinking about it right now. I kind of want to watch it. I want to stop everything, everything I'm doing. Okay, here's the thing about... Here's the thing about we can build this this dream together. That the the that song. Yep. No, number one, it's from one of the weirdest, just most outlandish movies of the 1980s. What movie is it from? It's from Mannequin. Oh, it is from Mannequin. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, um, but I love it, and I've I've been one. That's been a song that I have played on the Big Honkin Show really non-stop since since the big honking show was a thing back in back you know 12 years ago 10 10 11 12 years ago um just because to me it is a definitive 80s sound you know yeah. from starship and that and um built this city i feel like yes. built this city has gotten more play in recent years than um nothing's going to stop us now shows you what happens when you live a few thousand miles away from each other. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's that's, you know. Now, but now also, listen, where I say is getting a lot of play, um when I'm in my car these days, there's a lot of podcasts that I'm listening to um, you know, the or I've just got my my phone on shuffle going through some of my own stuff a lot of times. Um I there's not a lot of radio play getting done in in the old car these days. Um so, Same. so I may be, you know, I may be not aware that that's going on. When I say get in play, I look at like what's happening on TV or in movies. Yes, you know, Same. commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I'm with you. yeah. So, so I uh, guess I just conscience. haven't. Yeah, I guess I just haven't seen that. And we can build this dream together. My favorite thing ever was you being like, "Oh my god!" Like I thought they had everything, and then they started showing cartoons, and then they started showing wrestling. That's oh. When he, uh, I, I gotta find that. I gotta go. I can't get distracted. We've got, we've got more songs to do. That's everybody's after the podcast homework. Go, go look for that, uh, montage video. Now, 
I, I want to talk about something here with this next one because um, it's a song that honestly I wasn't super familiar with at all from the 80s that I feel bad that I wasn't familiar with from the 80s, but it's Voices Carry. I I don't know what that song is. Yeah, it's not a great one to me. I, it's, Sings it's, it originally. Till, till Tuesday. I don't even know who that is. Exactly. Are they like a Kaja Gugu? Um, Kristen, you okay? Do you have a stroke over there? A Kaja Gugu? What? Huh? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, a Kaja Gugu. This is this is the this is the original version. Voices carry. Oh. I have the song. Yeah. It's kind of that new wave. Kind of experimental sound. And so when I first heard this Rock Sugar song that we're about to play, um, I I was not familiar with Voices Carry at all. Um, but I was uh, familiar with the song with which they mashed it up with. Very familiar because it's one of the more overplayed rock songs of all time. Okay. Um, and you'll recognize it the minute it begins. This is Voices in the Jungle. Oh. This, this is one of those songs uh, we've talked about before how there are some cover songs that are better than the original. Uh-huh. They elevate this song I, like by, by doing it this way, I think. I, wow. Yeah. We are on completely different wavelengths. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying, like, to me, this is this is better than the Till Tuesday version. Oh! Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Oh. I thought you were talking about Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, no, 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 no. I, no. <laughs> But here's that. Because honestly, I would not even have. I would have been like, I don't know what the song is that they're referencing here. Like, I have no right. clue. Yeah, I would. You wouldn't have known "Welcome to the Jungle" from the intro. 
No, I wouldn't know Welcome to the Jungle, but I wouldn't have known until oh, Tuesday. Oh, no, me either. Yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, what is this even? Yeah, I um, wish the guitar was a little bit crisper. Mm-hmm. It's a little too chunky for me because yeah. I I love Slash's tone. I love yeah. how Slash I love Slash's guitar sound. I love that when he plays, you know it's Slash. Yep. Um, I wish this had a little bit more of that to it as yep. opposed to a little bit more like chugga 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 chugga, right. which I'm not the biggest fan of in guitar. Yep. Yep. Well, here's a little bit. So they do it. He does. He does clean it up a little bit for a guitar solo in there, and to kind of go into "Welcome to the Jungle" proper. Um, but to me, this is one of the most like. I, it, it's weird because there's some days where I, I I really enjoy listening to it, and other days I'm like, yeah, I can take it or leave it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So wait, you think that Crazy Girl is worse than this song? No, 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 no. I I, I think I'm wrong. Okay. I think okay. I forgot about voices in the jungle so, because you know. Here's the thing, because I'm pretty consistent. I was, I was like, "Hang on a minute." Yeah, yeah, because I'm pretty consistent on Crazy Girls. Like, eh, you know. But this, it's like there's some days where I'm like, "Yeah, I'll jam out with this," and then there are other days I'm like, "Oh no, I don't want to jam out." You know what? Like this one is back and forth with me. It, it really depends on my mood. Okay. But I couldn't tell you what mood I have to be in either way. Like it just, it's how it hits it just me. To come on, and you're like, "Oh my god, yeah. yes." It's how it hits me on the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's how it hits me on the day, for sure. So I did find the uh, the post, um, and while, while we were listening to that, and oh it, my god, of course you did. This is a, is this a this a, wasn't a YouTube video though. This was from Facebook. A Facebook huh? video, yeah. Yeah. Oh, George Servini originally posted it. You. This was from October twentieth that you actually posted this there, and uh, and I do remember watching it and just being like. I mean, it opens up with Footloose, and you're just kind of like, yeah, okay, MTV, there you go, and there's Super Mario, and Prince, and Punky Brewster, and and it's just going so fast, like, you're like, I remember everything, there's the moonwalk for the first time, there's ALF, and you're just like, oh, they're doing it all. Do you remember, like, the joke on Shoe used to be that, like, you could show Derek, like, a flash of an episode of Smallville, and yes. he would be like, oh, it's this episode, this season, yes. whatever. yeah. I would love for you and I to just like be like, be like, okay, one, two, three, play, and just yeah. like shout out all the friggin' clips. From that yeah. Thing. Well, my brain starts working a little too fast at sometimes, you know, but like, and also the clips go so fast, it's hard to kind of catch it. But Karate Kid 2, Cosby Show, <laughs> Sla- you know, Phil Collins, I don't know what he's Watch doing. Obi. Yeah. Superman 2. <laughs> exactly. Batman. Um, that is Superman 2, by the way. Die Hard! E.T. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's glorious. It's Indiana Jones, Silver Dream. Who's the ball? Stop gun! Dance, dirty dancing! Dirty dancing! Goonies! <laughs> Rocky 4. <laughs> oh man, you know what? They do t- They do more from Rocky 3 than Rocky 4, which is it. Three Amigos! Um, it's, but, Dancing in the Dark! But, yes, as I, but like, seriously, as I'm watching this, it's just like... I think they got everything. I think they got absolutely everything. It just um, makes me feel good. They didn't get Def Leppard, though. They, I've watched it a million that's times. That's right. We talked about that a little bit, didn't we? That they didn't get yep. Def Leppard. I'm that's offended. strange, because they did have... Um, who was that? Was that Bon Jovi just then? Bon Jovi. They had Bad Medicine. Yeah. And like, Run DMC. Bon Jovi video, not like, oh, living on a prayer. <laughs> yeah. 
They did Run DMC. They even got, listen, how can you have the Popeye film and Millie Vanilli in here but not have Def Leppard? That's wild. Like, come on, you need to have Joe Elliott jumping off the drum riser doing the splits. Come on, man. Now, look, I don't want to be that guy that reaches out to George Cervini and says, hey. (laughs) I got a bone to pick with you, sir. I need this, but with Def Leppard added. (laughs) So, yeah, hey. Well, look, if you're going to do this, do it right. You know, forget all the good of it all. But yeah, Here's it, my problem. <laughs> it really was this thing of like, yeah, I know this movies, TV, movies, TV. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes the cartoons. And that's when it's like, suddenly little boy Steve is like, oh, look at that. The Transformers. What, what is, yeah, G.I. Joe, Joe, Hulk Hogan. Um, and yeah, and I just, I lost it. It was, it was a glorious thing. So check it out. It's from October 20th in the Gardens of the Goalieverse group. You can go to geekitonline.com slash group and, and get over there. So, um, I think this one slows it down a little bit okay. on the album. Is yeah. It, is it a ballad? No. Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. I don't, it's Here Comes the Fool You Wanted. Oh. I think it's, it's Nobody's Fool and I think they've got Wanted Dead or Alive in here. This is the first one that has like multiple songs in it, more than just like two things going on. Okay. This is the one where it gets, it's Here Comes the Rain Again, Nobody's Fool, and then they throw in at the end, for some reason, Wanted Dead or Alive. What is Here Comes the Rain Again? <laughs> uh, Here Comes the Rain Here Comes the Rain Again. Annie Lennox, Eurythmics. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's a blind spot for me. Sure it is. And rightfully <laughs> so, Kristen. No, I don't blame you for that. I think, listen, if you're going to have a blind spot, it's okay for the Eurythmics to be your blind spot. No, nobody's, I'm glad I have your approval. Nobody's going to call you out on that, and if they do, they're a freak. All right. So, I'll send them your way. All of a sudden, everyone in the chat's like, I love the Eurythmics. What are you talking about? You know it's going to happen. Oh, uh, yeah, hate mail. You can just send it to Rock Out. The Rock Out, what is it? Rock, God damn it. Let me pull it up. It's uh, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Tell us all about the glory of the Eurythmics. Now, Annie Lennox does do that last song from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, um, from Return of the King. Yeah, and that'll, you know, when you're sitting there after you've invested, you know, 20 hours into that thing over the course of three years, you know, as you're sitting there in the theater and and after the 10 endings, it, it starts to go off and and all the characters are being drawn to her singing the song, you'll cry a little bit. But other than that, you know, um, anyhow, this is Here Comes the Fool You Wanted. Always fun to start out with sound effects. Falling on my head like a new emotion 
been a while since i've listened to this one i forgot they did so much wanted and they go into nobody's fool later in the song do what's that i love cinderella so much (laughs) yes um i'm i keep going down on the guitar solos All right, so for for uh, for the uh, for the desire of a joke and a good laugh, um, you've angered the people. I have angered the people, and I was just joking around. Look, Lisa Cipher is. I, I feel like so many times when I'm doing the Big Honkin' Show or other things, you know, I told you about how she just whipped out all these different Survivor songs on me and everything that one day. Mm-hmm. Um, like that just makes me alone feel like she could sit in on this show and hold her own, no problem. <laughs> Um, and so, so I'm sitting here and I'm just like, she's like, well, I'm not saying anything now. (laughs) Well, I'm done. Yep. I'm out. I'm done. (laughs) So. It's like in the Mighty Boosh where that one character is like, I have to turn my back on you. Yeah. (laughs) So so Lisa, it's, look, it's fine. It's fine to, to love the Eurythmics if you like the Eurythmics. That's fine. I just was being, I took the, I jumped on the low hanging fruit and I apologize for that. So. 
So that's that's my mistake. So yeah, so they slow it down a little bit. You know, I, I like the, uh, you know, I love some Wanted Dead or Alive. I'm a, I'm an unashamed lover of Wanted Dead or Alive. You are. Yeah. You are the team Wanted Dead or Alive on I this am. show. I am. I am. And it goes to, you know, days of rock band with good friends. And when uh, I was helping my friend Coach with his DJ business, it was always our closing song of whatever we were doing. Oh, you there know? you go. Yeah, we would just play Wanted Dead or Alive as kind of our closeout. And, it is a um, good closer. Yeah. And uh, and that's, you know, that. so it has a special place in my heart. You hear him bringing up Nobody's Fool in the background there. So you see they start going like this is the first song on the album where they really go nuts with a bunch of different things going on. Which I mean I kind of like. Yeah. I think like, yeah. I like mashups and that's cool and all, but like it can get a little stale. This you're yeah. like, "Wait a minute, what's yeah, coming at me now?" Exactly. What's exactly. And that's one of the things I love about that song is that is they do that with it and then like you say they get the Cinderella there but then they grow into sweet dreams you know and um you know which is a, a another big eurythmics hit is i saw that you were ha- getting backed in the corner on that they were you that's know so. the only song that i could literally name for you and then so. of course you know somebody has to be like well you didn't think Marilyn Manson did it first right yes i know he right. didn't do it first he that? did it better I but saw not that. first who said that who said that john john phillips john phillips <laughs> We, I see you. We got an eye on you, side. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I, th- it's it is a great. It is a good mashup. It's what you really want out of a, out of a big time mashup, and it is well produced because you got those guys in the background. And that's the one thing we hadn't really talked about. You know, honestly, as good as I feel like Jess Harnell's pipes are, these guys have some great harmonies they're bringing to the table too. Yeah. And there are times where they're very much produced with some kind of synth on their voice that makes them sound that... I mean, they, it's that 80s rock harmony thing they got going. Got a little um, reverb. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, they definitely fill out the sound, though. Like, they definitely make it a much bigger sound when those harmonies come in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad you mentioned like yeah. the backing vocals and the harmonies. Yeah. Um, this is the song that got me into Rock Sugar. Okay. Like 
it's all I can do to not just start belting this mess out with him, Chris. And I'm just going to tell you straight up. <laughs> I feel like it's not a podcast if you don't belt it out. Well, Steve. I do too. I do too. But I'm trying, you know, just like, I, I, it's like, I don't want to be that annoying guy. <laughs> you know, it's one thing if it's just me doing the big honking show. I, I don't mind annoying every listener if I'm by myself, but I don't want to annoy the co-host too. So this is the song to me that's like, I, this is the reason I want to see Rock Sugar one day live if I ever get the opportunity to for, for this song. So you could get on stage and start singing with them? No, 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 because I just feel like this is where you get the crowd. Like They, they, they do some breakdowns here where I'm like, I just imagine the crowd participation at all-time high during this song. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with ACDC. You no. can't go wrong with like a prayer. Like I said, like staple song of the '80s, like incredible song, iconic music video. Like this is just like a match made in heaven. I feel. Yeah. I feel like out of all of them, this is the most like a list. Like, oh sure. One, two punch. Yes. Listen to this, go. Come on. I, I cross this bridge, Crystal. We gotta cross the bridge. Oh, I just love it so much. I'll get worn out just trying to sing along with them. <laughs> it's such a jam. It really is. It is such a, a, a stinking jam. It's not even funny. So, um, but that, yeah, this is the song that it's, it's called, uh, shook me like a prayer. It's a song that got me into rock sugar. It was the one that I was introduced to them with. And I was like, I must know more. I must have. Is there more? There is. All right. I'll take it all. Thank you very much. I'm buying everything. Like a, like an addict of some sort, you know? <laughs> So you were like a rabid dog. You're I like, really I was. Everything. I was like, I'm gonna tear this mess up. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I love absolutely. Uh, it's so much fun. Um, so I hope you like it too. Um, <laughs> I do. This has been fun. <laughs> I'm like, I'm literally pulling a you tonight. Like, it's, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to know what Steve goes through when yeah. it's like, oh, we're gonna listen to stuff for the first time. <laughs> I like John C Custer has to say, crank it up and rip the knob off. Yeah, thank you, I John. Mean, you ha again, just things that you have to say. We could have a Rock Out Loud drinking game, but you sound great <laughs> doing your radio voice. All right, so uh, here is one that I like for the pop side of the song more than I like for the rock side of the song. Okay. Um, and I think it's, I, see, here. you know, we've talked Kiss here and there. Yep. Um, I don't think we've ever gushed over Kiss for much of anything. No. Um, you know, which makes Scott Rifen sad because he's a huge Kiss fan. Um, <laughs> I mean, like a staunch, like huge defense. Like if I say, well, Scott, you know what? They're all just flash and pizzazz. They're all sizzle, no steak. He'd be like, oh, what do you mean? Are you, have you not heard the lick on such a such a song? I'm like, okay, Scott, whatever, buddy. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the geek conversation about music. I um, love it. But this is uh, Detroit Rock City. Okay, great Mas song. Mashed up with one Paula Abdul's Straight Up. Oh. 
Yeah. And and quite honestly, it works. It's great. I mean, don't you just want to go, oh, 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 right along with that it? That was top notch. <laughs> that was right? great. <laughs> By the way. Like, I forgot for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, straight up. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Yes, yes, it is good stuff. I Like, oh, like, and I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I remember Paul Abdul cranking up the charts with Straight Up. Now, tell me, do you really want to love me forever? Okay. Um, I was there. I was around her in those days. You know, I remember... I want to say, and I could be dead wrong on this, but we were, it was a Sunday afternoon and I was riding with my sister to go, I guess, pick up like lunch for the family or something. Like they'd ordered some, my mom had ordered something from the chicken place or we were getting a bucket of chicken or whatever. I don't know. And, um, and so, um, we, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted here. I need to I need to get up. So we were she had on she had on Casey's weekly top forty going. Okay. Yep. And, and they Dear were Casey Kasem. Yeah, dear Casey. Um <laughs> and so she was um she was going to uh we had we had that going and, and it was going to a commercial. I gotta get my story back. I got really distracted by something here. It was going to a commercial and um they were like when we come back Who's going to top the charts? Will it be, they named somebody, and they're like, Bon Jovi or Paula Abdul? And and I was like, Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi. And, and my sister's like, no, it's going to be Paula Abdul. I'm like, why? She's not as good as Bon Jovi. And She's not. You know, to be fair, she's not. Um, <laughs> but I found my little fat toes tapping to, you know, straight up now tell me, do you really want to? And so, um, yeah. Great lip sync from RuPaul's Drag Race, by the way. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I, that's just that's my memory of that of her as an artist. That and then um, the two steps forward, two steps back video with the wolf, the cartoon wolf. And oh, opposites attract. Yeah, opposites attract. Thank you. Uh huh. Um, but you know, the the whole mashing up with Kiss thing to me, like I'm like you, like I'm listening to this, I'm like. Yeah, this is straight. Oh, this is really good. Yeah. You know? 
And that's like not uh, that's not a pairing. I mean, I guess when like they know what they're doing at this point, they've proven that they know what they're doing when it comes to the mashups. But if someone was to be like, listen, I have a song idea. We're going to mash up Detroit Rock City and Straight Up by Paul Mm -hmm. Abdul. And you would look at that person. You'd be like, have you been drinking? What's wrong with you? But it works. Right. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. Like everything they do really, there's not a lot that they do on this album that doesn't really work. Um, It's just a matter of you'd never think of it. And then when you hear it, and obviously I'm sure they could have attempted this and it'd be terrible, you know? Um, But, you know, they find a way to make it, to make it really work out. And, and, and like we say, Kiss isn't our favorite around here. Um, I don't think we hate on Kiss necessarily. Um, but they're just I think not they're kind favorite. of like a punching bag. I think we kind of make fun. Yeah, I think so a little bit. Well, especially after I saw them in concert and they just weren't great. Yeah. I mean, I haven't left uh, while like a band was playing that often in my life, but yeah. one time was Kiss. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, it's like, oh, this is fun to see once, but that's about it. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, you know, it, it's, it, the mashing up of those two make me like both of those things even better. Now here comes your, I know we did wanted dead or alive already, but here comes like the, the Bon Jovi mashup. No one thought they needed. Um, and it's Bon Jovi and lover boy. Okay. It's uh praying for, I mean, they did tour together. Oh, did they really? They did. Well, that's fun. Cause this really works out. This is praying for a sweet weekend. Big, big honking show song coming up right now.
So yeah, this is one like I was listening to this back when I first got this album. And I was kind of you know just playing it over and over again, and then someone somehow I put on uh, "Living on a Prayer," and I was like, "Oh wow, they really speed that up a lot." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this song though should honestly just be called the Steve Clawson special. Oh my because god! You got, yeah. you got the guitar riff from oh. "Child of Mine." Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. It's in there. It is totally in there. <laughs> I love it so much, and and uh, you know, once again, the talk box is back. Just run, like, like they, I, I am, you know, we've we we did a cover show one time where we talked about covers and everything, and I'm and I'm of two minds on a cover song. Oftentimes, I want someone to make it their own when they do it, but if they can cover something and make it sound as close to the original as possible, you know, like down to the way things are produced and everything. I'm all there. So when they throw that talk box mess in there on this song, I'm like, yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I, I mean, think, I feel like it is kind of sacrilege if you don't have the talk I, box I, on, a abs- on a prayer cover. Absolutely 100% agree. I, like, yeah. you can still change it up, do your own thing, but it needs the talk box. Yeah, you got to have the wow, wow in there. It's mm. uh, So, um, yeah, that's, that's I'm, uh, I love this song so much. And it is definitely a, um, uh, a big honking show standard um on on which makes all the sense oh yeah yeah i mean like you say it's the steve glosson special for sure yeah so <laughs> but uh um they do go in but what i love is like the song like they start with the whole living on a prayer riff and everything and then as they get toward the end at one point like I think they go into, oh, we're halfway there, you know, but it, it's just like when it makes an appearance, it's like it's the grand finale making an appearance. And that's what several of these songs are that way oh. when they go, you know, like it's just a really cool moment for those things to kind of come around. And it's like you've been waiting for it the whole time. And it's like, here I am, you know, OK, yeah. there you are. <laughs> now, here's my question, Steve. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm like in the dark here. So. I could imagine them doing an REO Speedwagon song. Is there any REO Speedwagon mashups on this album? Um, no. <gasps> they because they would do like a great like keep on loving you mashup or rolling with yeah. the changes. Yeah, yeah, yep. Well, you know, I love roll with the changes. Yeah. Um, roll with the changes. It gets played out these days on the Big Honkin' Show. Um, <laughs> In fact, there are some days where I will just play the whole song because I just can't help but jam because it's got everything. To me, it's that perfect air band song because you got the pianos going, you got a good guitar happening, and then late in the song, you get that organ coming in. Yep. And, you know, I'm a sucker for an organ. And, and so, again, the soaring vocals. That's Yes, of course, the soaring vocals. As soon <laughs> as you are able. Yeah, are they, yeah, I'm hoping we haven't got like a song list for Reinventinator. Um okay. But but I would I would I would love to see them tackle an Ario Speedwagon song here or there. Like um, I would love to see them take like a ballad and like maybe not make it ballady. Like key like do like a ballad vocal with like I don't know some crazy ass guitar. Yes. I mean I guess they kind of did with like Don't Stop Believing, but I want more of that. Right. Yes. Well. Uh, um. Do we get some of that? I don't know. Uh, here's one. This is here's a ballad for you. Um, it's heaven and heaven, and it's um, 
it's is it Brian Adams heaven or is it boring heaven? Well, all right, there you go. I think it's <laughs> it's I think it's both. It's baby, you're all that I want. That's the Brian Adams, and then and then warrant is heaven, is it? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's all of that. It's, yes! <laughs> it's all of that, Kristen. I love it. <laughs> Here we go. So what you think there, Kristen? Favorite, favorite, favorite one. <laughs> favorite song. Is it because they're doing Warrant? It's because they're doing both. Okay. Okay. That's Whoa. so great. I got to call you time out here. How, where do you stand on Brian Adams? Um, I don't really have an opinion, but okay. I love this song, and I love everything I do. I do it for you. All right. I love it so much. And speaking of, since we're talking about Brian Adams, yeah. um... Just saying, if you haven't seen Brian Adams live at Wembley videos and you haven't seen the video of Heaven where the entire crowd of all women basically just totally take over that song and he just lets them sing. Oh, my God. Amazing. All right. So I'm just I recommend. <laughs>
I mean, it is it it rocks. There's no getting around it. Hell yeah. It's <laughs> Hell yeah. So also, sorry. Warrant, one of the most underrated bands and underappreciated bands of all time. You know, you've made that point before on the show. Uh, Warrant falls into that trap of, they, they've got the cherry pie trap that they're in. I know, yeah. and it's so sad. Have you ever seen the video of Janie Lane talking about that, like, in later years before no. he died? Mm-mm. Oh my God. So he's talking about Cherry Pie and he's like, well, the album was finished. Like the album was called Uncle Tom's Cabin and the record label listened to it and said, you need a single like Love in an Elevator. Mm. And he went home that night and he wrote Cherry Pie. He literally wrote it on like a pizza box because he was like, this is so ridiculous. Like the album's done. And then they heard it and all of a sudden they changed the album, the lead single, like all this stuff. And he like, it's so sad because you could tell he is like so just distraught. Mm -hmm. And he says, he's like, I could shoot myself in the head for writing that song <laughs> well you know what though it's not I, I mean obviously he probably made no money off of it i understand i, I don't know yeah i he mean have some money right i understand there's an artistic side of things you know where you don't want to get locked into being the cherry pie band but well, it, that was the thing. He was like, I'm the cherry pie guy. Like, yeah. that's all I am. When, like, literally, Steve, we should do a Warrant podcast. Put it in the Marvel Notebook. I mean... Because I just want to show you the world of Janie Lane as a lyricist. Beautiful ballads. Beautiful songs. Like, just an incredible lyricist. And, like, I understand him being like, you know, I'm the cherry pie guy now. Like, that's mm-hmm. my legacy. That's what I'm known for. When he has such incredible songs that he's written. Yeah. And they were just great. And um, it's really sad that he that he passed away. But anyway, we're, you know, we're trying to keep it happy. But right, I'm just right. saying, like, if you haven't explored Warren and you like 80s music uh, and you like that 80s hard rock that we talk about a lot on here, I'm just saying explore their catalog. All right. I'm writing it down. Love it. <laughs> under under fast lyrics. Bruce Springsteen. What else have we got to do with Bruce? I guess every album. Um <laughs> And I, have, I mean, the triple disc live 7585. That's true. Okay. Starting now. <laughs> um, and then I have here Forgotten Records. Does that ring a bell? Forgotten Records. That yeah. might be like the, the ones we've been doing, like where like they came out in like the lowest popular point for a band. Okay. All right. Um, let me, let me make sure this is the right page. Yeah, as far as I know, that's the right page because we've done Aerosmith. So yes, two and and we've done Van Halen in two parts. We have. So, yeah. That was a, th- those were really fun. Yeah, those were fun. Those were fun. Um, all right. As we get toward the end of this song, as, as the album here, there's there's a few more tracks. I don't remember what all is on this song. Um, it's breaking the law. Oh, okay. I do remember what it is. It's um, it's it's breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking the law. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh-huh. and what is the who sings the I'm not in love, so don't you know? Um, it's just it was on the Guardian soundtrack. Guardians got um, what's that dude? I don't know. But anyhow, ten uh, cc. That's what it is. So, yeah, you'll recognize it when you hear it. But um, okay. yeah. So this this is breaking the love. I'm not in love 
So yeah, this was a real the, the the I'm not in love is kind of a real slow song. Yeah. Um, you know, and so they they mash it up here with Breaking the Law. Neither one of my favorite songs, and and so this one doesn't really grab me like um like some of the others do. No, I'm with you, and like I feel like like obviously it's Breaking the Law, but mm-hmm. like. I feel like the guitar on here sounds like the guitar that's been on like previous songs. Right. Yep. So yep. I'm just kind of like, oh, like it, it doesn't. Nothing stands out about it. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. This is a really. Yeah. This is just kind of a there song. It's like it's yeah. Here. Yeah. It's like okay, there it is. I it's see a little it. bit of filler. Yeah. Really, it is. It really is. <laughs> but I don't know if they go into anything else. Well, we weathered um, we weathered Queen pretty well. Okay. Um, I Is don't... something bad about to happen? Uh, yeah, probably. Ah! How do you feel about I Love Rock and Roll? I love... It's fine. Okay, all right. Yeah. I think she's got better songs, but it's fine. Oh, sure she does. Yes. No, no doubt. Joan Jett. Sure. <laughs> um, How do you feel about Pour Some Sugar on Me? Oh, I hate it. It's like the worst song ever, Steve. I hate Def Leppard. Right, right. This is my problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I also God, know so but, overrated. but I also know where you stand with the songs that get super overplayed. Yeah, but pour some sugar on me, it never will go into that category. This it's is my so- this is my fear for what's about to happen. Okay. All right, here we go. Love is like a bomb, 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 bomb. You said what now? I said I already hate that intro. Great. So yeah, I like he doesn't quite catch that intro just right for sure. No, the intro is not good. Um, I don't like any of the Def Leppard on this song. It's, right, it's it's too thin. The sound yes, is too thin. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. You can tell they're trying to catch that sound. Yeah. But they're just not. I mean, you know, you, you don't have the right guy in the production booth to to catch yeah. that. So, you know. <laughs> Oh, 
ahead to my feature. So yeah, that's the thing is I think with this, when you whenever you're gonna cover this era of Def Leppard, it's gonna be hard to yeah. not come across sound and thin. Um you know, but when they start yeah, John Custer says that they don't have enough guitars, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um but I do like this where they start kind of dig it, it, where you almost get caught in the vortex of the things, you know, crashing together. You know, because they they had the whole trying to ramp up that guitar mess on the bridge, and they were like, "I love rock in the background," and so it just kind of like it's all crashing together. I do like it when these songs do that stuff <laughs> when they start when it's almost like a like I said, it's like a vortex of the songs just kind of, and then it lands right there in that uh, "Pour Some Sugar on Me" bridge. And yeah. Um, yeah, did I tell you about the shirt my wife just showed up with me for me one day? No, I don't know where my I, my wife. Um, she, I have to be careful there because she'll get sucked down a, a Facebook ad with in, quick, and um, and somehow she found this shirt on a Facebook ad or one of these T-shirt companies, and it's a bowl of cereal, and uh, and it says "Pour some sugar on me." Oh my god! And she thought she was just the most clever, funniest <laughs> person ever. <laughs> She's like, "You love that song and you love cereal. It's the perfect shirt." It's the perfect thing for you. I mean, hey, that is a very Steve Glosson shirt. It is a Steve Glosson shirt. Which, oh my God, okay, I have a Def Leppard shirt story. Can I tell it very quickly? Yes, yeah. Okay, Bill made me cry on Christmas. Oh, no. (laughs) So, um... There is this like iconic Def Leppard shirt, the shirt that Joe Elliott wears in the Pour Some Sugar on Me video and the women video, the Def Leppard and the Women of Doom shirt. That's mm-hmm. like a cartoon or it's like a comic book cover. Okay. And um I have wanted that shirt for so long and for so many years. And it was one of those shirts that you could never find. Like, mm-hmm. When you found it, it was always like a $200 vintage t-shirt. Um, so I'm opening up my stocking, like not even presents. Like right. I'm opening yeah. up my stocking at Angie and Bill's house. And of course there's almost famous shirts in there, sure. which for my almost famous people here, one of the shirts says, um, Penny, Sapphire, Polexia, Astrea, and Beth from Denver. And Beth from Denver really just makes a shirt because it just makes me crack up that, like, it's like, yeah, this is Beth from Denver. She's one of the legendary original band-aids. She's clairvoyant, makes the shirt, love it. Um, But then the last shirt that I pull out, it's a white shirt, and I unravel it, and I look at it, and I can't believe what I'm looking at. It is a Def Leppard and the Women of Doom shirt. And I literally started crying tears of happiness. <laughs> That's great Christmas story. So I finally own that shirt. And I'm going to take such good care of that shirt. <laughs> and I'm going to love it and call oh. it call it, call it its name George. It's oh. I have no white clothing, but that is going to be washed on its own <laughs> all the time. There can be no color that bleeds into it and taints it. Gentle cycle. Yes. Cold yeah. water. Oh, <laughs> gosh water. dang it! Yeah. Um. So I also not really a Christmas story, but we were at my parents' house over New Year's because we didn't go down for Christmas to visit with them, and um, my niece has had the COVID for a little bit. Okay. And so her children were staying with my parents, 
And um, my little five-year-old great-niece named Addie, come, she, has, uh, she has a condition called spinal muscular atrophy. She's confined to a wheelchair. Okay. Um, and she'll, she'll scoot around on that thing like it's nobody's business. And she, they, she comes rolling in after taking a bath um, one evening, and there it is. It's this pink. Uh, her mom makes these kinds of shirts and everything, and it's this pink shirt with all this, you know, splatter all over it and everything. And right there in the midst of it all, in that l- classic font, Def Leppard. You sent me that picture, and I, see- and I was like, <laughs> she is a rock star. So I had to take a picture and send to you. And um, and so I looked at her, I'm like, Addie, do you like Def Leppard? And she just kind of grinned like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, Who? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, all right, two more on this on this joint here. All right. Um, we're back to some Journey. Oh. And I think Rat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did, who did round and round? Rat. Yeah. All right. Good. I'm spot on. Nailed Wonderful. it. You're, you're a podcast on Rock Out Loud, or yeah. you're a podcaster on Rock That's Out right. Loud. That's right. That's right. Also, one of my favorite Journey songs, Not Stone in Love. Oh. Yeah. If only. No. But uh, separate, separate, uh, worlds apart. Separate ways. Separate ways. Separate ways. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Why did I call it Worlds Apart? Uh, is it parentheses worlds apart? It might be parentheses worlds apart. I think so. I think it is. I think it. I, I hope it is because I feel like an idiot. It right is. Now. All it right, is. Thank you. All right. This is round and separated. This is one of those, it was kind of like straight to Rock City where I find myself getting lost in it. Yes. Um, because it is worlds apart or separate ways. But also, um, I just also get into the round and round. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yes. 
Yeah, but I also think it does a great job of kind of like you really hear his vocals on this real well. Like yes. he he's very showcased. Um, I here. adore how they slowed down separate ways the yes. vocal in the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved that. Yep. Um. And and just like. He, again, like he'll bust it up, and then you know, you know how in, in the original, separate, you know, they, they kick it up a notch. He'll do that, you know, in a minute, and it's just, uh, it's so good. But it, it's just one of those that like I can just let go because it jams, and I absolutely just enjoy having this one on. It's another big honking show, um, uh, kind of staple song that I will play every now and again on the big honking show. This is a good car jam. Yes, yes, it is. Very good for car sure. jam. For sure it is. Yeah. I it, look, the whole of this album is fun. And when and when I got to talk to to Jess Harnell, you know, gosh, you know, twelve, eleven, twelve years ago on Geek Out Loud, um, you know, I said to him that day, this this album and the music you're doing, it you're having fun with it, but you're not making fun of it. Yes. And at the time that was important because this was still right around the era where the eighties were just starting to be cool again and not a yes. pun- and not a punchline. And so and to me this is one of those things that, that that leaned into look, this music was cool. These these people were talented and we are paying homage to them as much as we're having fun with what they've gave us all these years to have. Hell yeah. And so uh so I I, I this whole album I absolutely enjoy you know even the ones that i'm are not my favorite i still will find ways to enjoy them now this last song do they go out with the bang they i don't think so to be honest Ooh, with you. yeah unfortunately hate that. yeah they kind of they slow it down i think they do this is one of those i'm not really familiar with but also it, you're not going to like it because they actually do well maybe you don't care um <laughs> they'll, they'll do a little they'll do a little led zeppelin in here um, but I don't know what, but it's several songs that are in this. It's dreaming of a whole lot of breakfast. It's uh dream on. Okay. And some other stuff. A whole lot of love. whole lot of love. And then something about breakfast. Breakfast no, at Tiffany's. No, no. God, no. <laughs> Steve's favorite song that isn't well, oh, sung by Creed. And I, oh, now listen, let's not, let's not hate on, let's not hate on Creed. You know, I love Creed. <laughs> So anyhow, um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh my gosh. That song. You're welcome. Ugh, and now it's in my head. Sorry. Maybe Rock Sugar will help. Girls in 
California Hoping it's going to come true But there's not a lot I can do I know nobody knows Where it comes, where it goes I know it's everybody's sin You got to lose to know How to You know what I do with this song? This is the mistake I make. I won't make it past the first 30 seconds a lot of times before I hit next. Ah. And I forget how it just breaks down so hard there when it hits the, don't you look at my girlfriend. Girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. I was today years old when I found out that that song was called Breakfast in America. Because yeah. like I said in the chat, I only know that song as Cupid's Chokehold by Gym Class Heroes. And I know that it's a sample, but I did not know that the sample of the song was oh. called Breakfast in America. Uh, like this is the, I don't, I've never heard the original that I know of. Um, the, I feel like I have, but only because of that Gym Class Heroes song. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know that I've ever listened to the original. Um, <laughs> So thank you, Rock Sugar. I don't know that I know anything by Super Tramp. Do I, Kristen? Um, Super Tramp—the name of the group, by the way. Not that people I, listening to this show need to know that. 
I'm trying to think. What were like Super Tramp's big songs? I am. Let's. Someone in the oh, chat. Oh, give Jonas. a little bit. Oh, is that Super Tramp? Give a little give bit. A little bit. Yeah. Again, I only know the Goo Goo Dolls. Give a little bit of my love for you. Oh wow! So once MTV came around, they all died. <clears throat> yeah, basically, they must have not been a good-looking '70s band. Exactly. Well, I'm looking at them right now. They are pretty ugly. Um, <laughs> yeah, give a little bit of your time for me. All right, let me see what I've got here in the old file that I stole from the uh, the folder that I that I ripped from the um, from the radio station back in the day. Uh oh, where'd it go? L M N O. <gasps> Kristen. Am I missing a folder? <gasps> what? Uh-oh. What has happened? Uh-oh. Hold on. This is not good. Take a look at my girlfriend, girlfriend. Did it get put into my mute? Oh, my. Oh, wow. It got moved. Whew. <laughs> I was freaking out for a minute there. I'm like, what in the world has Wipe happened? Wipe the sweat off your brow. <laughs> well, this was a lot of music that was disappearing. <laughs> All right, let me let me see. Now Lisa is usually our go-to. Take the long way home. Okay, I do know take the long way home. I don't think I do. Um, it's 70s, you know, rock. Take the long way. Um, let's see here. Let me let me look in. I I remember having a Super Tramp folder here, but I could be dead wrong, and I'm not. Let's see what I got here. Uh, Breakfast in America. Ba -ba -da -da. Uh, the logical song, as was previously mentioned. Um, let me, I'm sorry. This is going to be, uh, this is really going to be anticlimactic, I'm sure. Um, but here we go. When I was young, it seemed that life was so wonderful. All right, so that's the logical song. Okay, I've heard that song. Yeah, yeah, I, it's on a commercial or something. Um, this is Dreamer. I don't think I know Dreamer. Sounds a lot like the other song. This sounds like a Muppets song. Yeah, I'm not. This sounds like the intro to a Muppets song. Yeah. It starts when you're young. Um... Show off at school, give a little bit, we said, and then Breakfast in America that you know what I'm gonna be honest with you, I've never heard the actual song. Take a look at my girlfriend. You know what? That intro does sound a lot like um Dream, Dream on. on. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it does. Did they get in a legal dispute over that at all, do you think? I don't know. Um Take the Long Way was on every compilation album that was sold on TV. That's true. That is, yes. Um, yeah, Take the Long Way Home. I can't believe I don't have Take the Long Way on here. Take the Long Way. Uh, you'll know that when you hear it because it's one of those. It really is. It's a compilation album song. So, Remember those old commercials that they used to show at like 3 in the morning? Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Oh. So good. I remember they would do like the ballads one. You had Celine Dion. And it was always that. Cause I'm your lady. Yes, it was always yes. that song. What's so funny is um, in back in the day, it wasn't just late night. They'd have like these time life albums. Um, Wait a minute. That straight up sounded 
sounded like something to you. It really did. You're right. It sounded like, there were nights when the dance was a Yeah. Yeah. You've heard this. Okay. Um, but I was tripped out by that. I intro. was too. I was too what because is up with their intro? yeah, because you just talked about Celine Dion. I'm like, that sounds like there were nights when the wind was so cold. That was um that song. <laughs> that song was written by the dude that did all the Meatloaf songs. Oh, Jim Steinman. Jim, yes. Yeah. yeah, and I think Meatloaf might have done it. I think he did. Yeah. I don't think it's as good. No, of course not. Of course it's not as good. I was just <laughs> taking a drink of water when you did that. <laughs> of course it's not. Well, it's Celine. What are you thinking? <laughs> it's all coming back to me now is the name of that song. Um, what was the uh, what was the song where it's like, hey man, what you listening to over there? Oh, time life! It, the, the time life would do all of these different, um, yes. these music collections. Was it sixties? Hey man, but it was like, what are you listening to? And like, it was these two hippie guys um, that was doing it. Anyhow, it, like these those old commercials would be like thirty, forty five. But they'd probably be a sixty second spot, and they would hit all the different like you know, highlights the different songs, but they would like do these skits with them. Oh, I wish I could remember what, but they weren't just called like, it was called, it wasn't just called like hits of the seventies or something. Freedom rock. Thank you so much, John Phillips. Uh, Do you know freedom rock? I don't think I do. Well, get ready for this commercial from back in the (laughs) eighties. Cause this is some good stuff. Let me get the sound going. here. We'll turn it up, man. So, like, this is a two-minute commercial. Like, these would play on the afternoons, like during during cartoons and stuff. Oh my God. So, yeah, yeah, the, these kind of things. And then there was the um, the the Christmas collection commercial would always play would start playing in November, and it was and for years it was the same one that would always start out with like Silver Bells or something with Bean Crosby and yeah, but Freedom Rock was a big one. Um, Freedom Rock's right up there though with the uh, with the microphone commercial for me, like the memories I have of it. Um, what was that mic called? The microphone where you could actually take it and talk through your radio. Oh my gosh, microphone! That's out of my hands. <laughs> That's missed, out of my wheelhouse. The Mister Microphone and these guys pulled up. Like it's supposed to be like you can tune your radio to the right frequency. And so you're actually okay. talking over the speaker, kind of like, you know, like the little gadgets they'd have for you to, before you could have the CD adapter or whatever. Anyhow, um, the, uh, the, these guys pull up to these girls on the, and I remember them being in a Jeep, but this has them just in a convertible car and they're like, hey ladies, what's going on? Time we liven it up with my favorite Christmas gift, Mr. Microphone. Hey, what's that? Well, you set the dial on your FM radio and testing, testing. testing. I mean, and they're in leisure suits and stuff. 
These kids are having a fabulous time with Mr. Microphone, the cordless microphone that actually puts your voice on the radio. There are no attaching wires, so you're free to move around. This man is dancing down the road singing Jingle Bells. Here we go. Hey, good looking. We'll be back to pick you up later. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. That. That's what. That. Hey. Good looking. We'll be back to pick you up later. I remember those guys being on it. This just has them driving by and looking right at the camera. I actually remember a Jeep, and they drive by and they actually speak to the girls there. But uh, yeah. This is the '80s, Kristen. I'm sorry. We. I got way off track. Um, <laughs> We've gone on a journey. We have. We happy New Year, everyone. This was supposed to be the New Year show, and then I ruined that. Um. So. <laughs> So instead, it's Chris. It's it's Christmas. It's uh, Kristen's after Chris after birthday party. It's her birthday Woo! after party. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyhow, I'll shut up now about Freedom Rock. Hey man, what you listening to? Oh no. Hey man, is that Freedom Rock? Yeah, is man. That Freedom Rock. Turn it up, man. <laughs> and then they go to Lord. I was born a rambling man. The Almond Brothers. <laughs> Perfect. Which I listen. Love the Almond Brothers. Don't get me wrong. So, anyhow, well. Look, I I appreciate you letting me go down the road here with um with the old rock sugar because I This was fun. Yeah. I I love this group and I can't wait for the reinventinator. Now, I you know what? Let's do this. Um let me let me see here. I'm sorry. I I didn't even think about doing this, but they have a couple of new songs that have been put out on the YouTube and um and so i want to see if we can find them here we go whoops sorry um maybe they're still up Can I just say that the entire time that we have been listening to rock sugar mm-hmm. i've had my tv on and um Showtime is showing all of the Halloween movies. So I've just had Michael Myers like killing people oh, wow. on my screen while wow. listening to Rock Sugar. That's very weird. Uh, speaking of that, I want to talk to you about another movie really quickly before we go. This is uh, their latest one they've put out on YouTube. It's called Shout at the Devil Dog All Night. Here we go.
so on the video they put out here, it's um, it's got the band on there, of course, and but they're like doing it Zoom style, the way everyone is during COVID, and with all the shout, shout. There's some different voiceover celebrities and others like Mark Hamill is doing oh. it. Um, Weird Al is in there doing it, and then a bunch of voice actors and some other folks. Ian Ziering is in there doing it. Um, okay. Of uh, of Sharknado and right and Sharknado fame. Um, <laughs> So, and two where is, very different ways of thinking right right and then i think we may have actually listened a little bit to this one um this is roll you in the hurricane i might have talked about it not listened to it There you go. So now they're in the 2000s. That's right. That's right. They're getting that Adele on. So I'm, I'm <laughs> down with it. Um, look, I, I just love them. I can't wait to get the new album, and I'll probably be bothering you with that one once it gets here. So I am ready. Um, I want to throw this out at you here, Kristen, because I saw you mention it briefly, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it. And I'd really rather have you on Geek Out Loud to do the talk, but just briefly, this is one of those things we should have talked about at the top of the show. Oh, yeah. You dug the Wonder Woman, huh? I did. I know everybody else hated it. Whatever. Yeah? Come at me. I loved it. Okay, here's the thing. Kristen. <laughs> I cried. <laughs> here, here's the thing. We went and saw it on Christmas night mm-hmm. and came away, like, really enjoying it. Like, I had yeah. so much fun. I didn't cry. You know, but I'll tell you this, I leaned over, I leaned over to Haley midway through and I'm like, I was really worried that Kristen Wiig was going to ruin this because she's hilarious, but she melted into that role. I thought she did a fantastic job. Uh, I had problems with that character. Really? (laughs) I wanted, like, honestly, I felt like either do Maxwell Lord or do Cheetah. Don't do Mm, both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like introduce Cheetah, maybe just as Barbara. Right. 
Yeah. Maybe but, something ha- like maybe she makes the wish. Like I don't know something. Yeah, like let that be kind of the the hanger at the end. And of like, that's Wonder Woman three. Yeah, she's still out there. Yeah, I yeah. could see that. But I just I look. I dug her character. I dug her being in there. Maxwell Lord, I thought was was good. Um, a little too sympathetic, if you ask me. I um, agree. I wanted him to be a little more villainous. Yeah, but at the end of the day, um. I appreciated everything about that movie. It was fun. It was exciting. Look, I'm a sucker for just leaning into the fantastic side of superheroes. Yeah. So, so when Wonder Woman is lassoing the lightning and lassoing the clouds and using those to swing through, and then she finally figures out how to... Invisible jet. Yeah, invisible jet, riding the wind and learning... I'm like, I'm down with this. I am so here for all of this. If you're going to believe that this is a woman who was formed out of clay by Hippolyta on the Amazonian island in, in Themyscira, then why can't I believe that she has this magic lasso that's going to allow her to rope the clouds and soar through them? And um, Yeah, let's suspend disbelief. People. Yeah, of course. And I just, I, you know, now, look, I would have rather somehow Chris Pine been back as, you know, Steve Trevor actually be there as Steve Trevor, but I also like the fact that they quantum leaped it a little bit too. Same. You know what? It's funny. I was reading like a theory before, like months ago, before kind of everything, we started to kind of know how Steve was coming back. Yeah. And people were like, what if it's like Martian Manhunter? And I was oh. like, I I was like, I would kind of love that. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> but But like, I don't know. That part, I mean, obviously a lot of people had issues with like that part and I yeah. get it. But again, like I'm suspending my disbelief. I love Chris Pine. Like they mm-hmm. and like I'm not a Chris Pine fan. I love Chris P- Pine as as Steve Trevor. You're I not a you're talk. not a pine nut. I'm not a pine nut in oh. any way, shape, or form. I do not think he's attractive in any way, shape, or form. But I love him as Steve, and I love him with Gal. And like when they, dude, like literally, it was me, Angie, Bill, and Graham. Mm-hmm. And we, when that scene, I mean, I don't want to spoil, but like when that scene happens, you know, the scene I'm talking about. Yeah. And it was just the three of us sobbing and Bill being like, <laughs> oh my God. And then the end credit scene, everybody gasped. Yeah. Andy oh. gasped, Graham gasped, Graham started loved crying. It. Oh, I love that. I thought that was just beautiful. That end credit yeah. scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was so glad that you liked it. And then when I, and then, and cause I've got people who, who did not like Scott Rifen Same. will tell you, that's two and a half hours. I won't get back. Same. Um, you know, could it? <laughs> I also have those people. I feel like I feel like it could have been edited a little better, you know. But, okay. but you know, I'm I'm not. But I also know that I had a lot of fun with it, and I also know that like I walked out of there getting a totally different message from it than I've seen a lot of other people get from it too. Yeah. And 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 it's one of the things I said to a friend of mine on Twitter to the aforementioned Michael Bailey professor of Superman who introduced me to Rock Sugar. Um I you know, he said something about it. And so I said, "You know what? The thing I like about this movie is is I'm coming at it from a completely different angle than everyone else and I can back up where I get where I'm getting my thoughts about, you know, the the underlying tones of this movie and everything." And the fact that people can come and get a completely opposite thing to me tells me this movie did its job and did not lean too far one way or the other into yeah. into the landscape of the of the real world junk today. Um, and I think that's what a, a movie should do. It's the same way as Star Wars back in the day. 
if you're a Christian, you got the Christian overtones. If you're a Buddhist, you got the Buddhist overtones that are definitely there. If you're, you know, if you're an atheist, you just got the this is a fantasy fairy tale, you know. And it wasn't like pushing anything down your throat. It was just like believe in something, have something to believe in, you know. And this was like, look, there's there's a consequence to everything, and to be a hero, sometimes you've got to give up that which you want the most. Like, like ultimately, that's the message I got from it: is this woman is a real hero. Yeah. And by the time we meet her in Batman v Superman, you know, it's like she has earned the wisdom and the the air with which she carries herself. Um, yes. Especially by the time we get to Justice League, you know, she is she is more than Superman and Batman's equal, and especially in this universe, much more than Superman's equal. Um, I hope that we get some more her in the Snyder Cut. I think we will. I, I think, I mean, it's apparently going to be a four part miniseries for crying out loud. I'm ready. So yeah, you know, I've, I've, this past year, Give I read more Henry this past. Oh, I love Henry Cavill as Superman. I really do. I don't I necessarily do like, I don't necessarily like man of steel and some of the decisions that, that Zack Snyder made with man of steel, but I really like him as Superman. And I, I think he's an amazing Superman. I, w- I really truly do. Yeah. And not just because he's great to look at. Right, right. Well, but he, <laughs> but that doesn't hurt. I know. Yeah, you know? no, it doesn't. Look, the um as 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 messed up as his upper lip was in Justice League, that opening scene with and and Derek will tell you that's that's me and Derek as children um in that uni- in that universe, you know, like do you want to be on our podcast? Um <laughs> <laughs> but but the look he gives them, the time that he gives those kids, like the Superman that we got in Justice League, even though, you know, it's Danny Elfman's cut and not Zack Snyder's version of it necessarily, is a Superman. Like, I could spend more time with that Superman, you know? Yeah. Who's not he afraid deserves of... His own, he deserves a second movie. I he absolutely really, truly does. A hundred percent agree. It and, annoys me that, like, they just keep pushing it back and back and back yeah. because it's like... It the the universe just keeps doing worse and worse and worse. It's like just give me a effing Superman movie with Henry in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, my thing is, it's like you you're sitting on the most the most popular superheroes in the yeah. world. Like I I know that Marvel has kind of come along because of the MCU and I, you know, Iron Man was a C list hero at best when it comes to name recognition. Yes, um, and honestly, so were most of the Marvel characters. Yeah, I, honestly. Truly, truly, truly. If you wanted general population name recognition, Spider-Man Hulk. and Hulk were it. Yep, that's it. Um, and because of the TV show back in the 80s that had lasting you know, ramifications throughout the years, and then Spider-Man because every generation had a Spider-Man cartoon on television. Yes. Um, and then the movie did great you know, in the early 2000s. But every, everyone else, like people kind of know Captain America, you know? But like Iron Man... Iron Man? Yeah, no. Was was honestly, though he may have some clout in the Marvel Universe, he was a C-list hero at best. And those movies made him a, a household name for kids and families. Um, and so I don't so when you've got the built-in popularity of a Superman, a Batman, a Wonder Woman, honestly, Patty Jenkins is the only one I think that's kind of done it well with Wonder Woman. 
Um, yeah, I I need her to be a bit more edited though. <laughs> oh, indeed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. She had free reign. We can't. She's lost that that uh, that um, privilege. Yeah. We're not going to give you free reign anymore. Well, you know, the first Wonder Woman movie, I really, 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 really liked until that final battle. Um, I get that. Yeah. You know, to me, not that it was beyond the pale or anything, but it's just like, oh my gosh, we've already been through so much. But as I was watching, but what I loved about it is, is there were so many homages to, uh, or one of the things I loved about it was there were so many homages to things that had come before it. The whole alley mugging, you know, that takes place with her and Steve um, is a a callback to a scene in the original Superman with, or not the original, but with Christopher Reeve Superman. Yes. Um, You know, and here, the opening to me, I was sitting there thinking, somebody's seen Superman 3. I loved, I was like, this is great. (laughs) Well, just because of all the stuff that was going on before, like all the crime hit and everything, you know, the little comedy moments. I was like, somebody saw Superman 3 before they made this thing. (laughs) And uh, because of the whole opening of that is this this wacky, you know, wackadoo slapstick uh, comedy moment, you know, and then Superman shows up and saves the day. But now that was 1983, not 1984. Um, yeah, so. You know, here's what I say about Wonder Woman, though. And, like, I was never, like, I was always a Superman girl. Like, mm-hmm. I was Superman through and through, when, like, even when I was a kid. And Batman, obviously, was, like, second. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really care about Wonder Woman. And then I saw the first Wonder Woman movie, and it was one of those things where I know a ton of people wrote blogs and articles about how it's, like, they watched Wonder Woman and they saw like that first scene where the Amazons are like taking on when all the men are coming to Themyscira Mm -hmm. and just start crying. And you're like, why am I crying? And it's just like, I've never seen like women in a superhero movie represented like this. Mm -hmm. And like, this is just badass. Like it's one of those things like I didn't know I needed. So it's like that, like, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, like Wonder Woman will always have a special place in my heart. So maybe that's why, you know, I don't have quite a as harsh a view on the movie, but I right. really don't think it deserves half of the like hate that it's getting because yeah. it's getting like ripped apart. And yeah, it's, I, I, honestly, at this point, I feel like it's just people that want to just crap all over DC. It's like, oh, it's DC. No, it's crap. Like, honestly, the fact that Joker did not get and the, even that got hate, but mm-hmm. you know the fact that that got so much love and critical acclaim is crazy to me. Yeah, it's it's really to me it's intriguing because well, and two like I, I want to address something. I, I know you've got to go, but um, I do want to address this. John Custer chat says this is where Stephen I don't see eye to eye. I love Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. I've rewatched Man of Steel and I still struggle with it, not because of the story or the casting or anything. I really just can't watch it. Like it, it just, it's like no one holds a camera that way when they're just standing there, you know, shaking, shaking a camera around doesn't make you feel like you're more into it. It makes you feel like, Hey, stand still, pal. Um, it, I, I, it's almost like he put intentional jiggliness into it. And, and I don't like that at all. I don't know that in the Man of Steel we ever got in. There, there were moments that I wish we would have gotten that are very tropey, and I get that. But I feel like that if you lean into them the right way, they work. Uh, Mandalorian has done that with that show and everything. Uh-huh. Um, but I did also rewatch uh, Batman v Superman, and came away liking it a lot better than I had. Um, yeah. 
it's it's not a bad movie. No, once you get used to just uh, the the Lex Luthor in there, and I love his plot. I love that his plot is just like I I want to be. I don't like you because you're a god, and yeah. I want you destroyed. And and I I didn't mind Eisenberg. I really didn't. Because I have have just accepted no one is ever going to be Rosenbaum. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Well, what <laughs> no I, one's ever going to be that great of a Lex ever I just, again. I, you know, he's a little. He was a little over the top. But like I say, one, going back into in the rewatch to kind of know what to get out of him when he goes full villain, it's it's great. Yeah. You know, when he's just kind of oh, you know, I'm a crazy little you know eccentric guy. But when he goes full villain, it's like all right. He leaned into a classic Silver Age comic type villain. You know, there are no layers to him. Yes, he's just he's he's a and and I he's appreci- a bad guy, and I appreciate that a hundred percent. You know, so um, so when he has figured out Superman's secret and he has kidnapped Martha, and he make you've got to go kill the Batman or she's gonna die, and it's just like this is classic comic book stuff. And and I'm I'm here for that, you know. Uh, there's some great visuals in that movie. I feel like they killed off Superman too soon. I have, you know, I have all kinds of things, but ultimately, I do like it more than I did the first time around. When it comes to Wonder Woman, I thought it was done great. Like I say, the, the end battle, I kind of don't, you know. It's just like it gets too Zack Snydery visual for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, I liked Wonder Woman too. Dude, I like Shazam. Um, I have not seen Shazam, and I need to watch it. I know that they were supposed to have the Henry Cavill cameo that didn't happen, yeah, which is kind of sad. Yeah, it was sad. Uh, but it's it's a Philly movie. He's in Philly. Love so, it. Yeah. You know I love my Philly. That's right. That's right. And I'm not opposed to Aquaman. Um, I had a lot of fun did, with Aquaman. I did not love Aquaman. Yeah. To, I it, wish I did. You know me. I love Momoa. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that they made Aquaman a little bit more of a badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there was just something about it was just like this is just too much. Like too much is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it was so long. Yeah, it tried to be Indiana Jones with Aquaman and, and yeah, with water. Yeah, <laughs> water. <laughs> you, uh, dude. We watched. Um, we watched the 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 Manhunt miniseries on Netflix. There's two seasons of it. Uh-huh. The first season, it's all, it's not a documentary. It's kind of a dramatic telling of, you know, episodic telling of the hunt for Ted Kaczynski. Okay. And then in the second season, it's the, it's the, the Centennial uh, Park bombing from Atlanta and the Richard okay. Jewell story. But um, in the first season with the Ted Kaczynski guy, the dude is from, he may be from Philly. But Does he, he say water? He says water at one point, and they all kind of make fun of him yeah. for it. And and he's like, and he's sitting there because he's kind of the new guy, and he said water, and it, and everyone got on him about it, you know, kind of hazing him. He's sitting there, he's like, you say one thing wrong, and that sticks with you all these weeks, you know. And then it, uh-huh. he, and then that's what causes him, it clicks in him to be like, these verbal ticks. this guy's got to have them in all these letters he's sent out. Let's identify those, and we can figure out who he is. And so it sends him on a hunt. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So water. Water. That's how we say it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. We have we have messed around too much. I I would uh, I'm I'm 
I, I meant to say we just need to do a geek out loud for the Wonder Woman thing because there's more I have to say about it. I want to watch it again, of course. Um, Same, yes. But uh, but I, I'd love to have you on because you loved it so much to to talk about it. So I'm down. All right. Well, everyone, that is going to wrap it up for us here on Rock Out Loud. Kristen, I thank you so much for hanging with me and indulging me with a little Rock Sugar, the unofficial house band of the Big Honkin' Show. And, Anytime. Uh, you can check out the Big Honkin' Show at patreon.com slash geekoutloud or live when we record on Fridays right here at mixler.com slash goldiverse. Uh, the email is rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you at rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. And uh, we'll usually devote a lot of time at the, out, at the beginning of the show if you email us to what you have to say. Um, you know, and if you send songs for us to check out, be ready to be judged. That's all I'm saying. Uh, because we will. We'll start something and stop it immediately if we don't like it. Uh, but we don't even get to the hook. That's how mean we are about things. But, uh, but yeah, so you can he- he- check us out there. Uh, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com we mentioned the Guardians of the Goldiverse group is geekoutonline.com slash group and you can go to Facebook and find Rock Out Loud our page there to interact with us that way as well if you want to support the shows there is Patreon at patreon.com slash geekoutloud and uh, if you can't do Patreon I understand that, totally get that but I know you still shop at Amazon so go over to geekoutonline.com and just click on that Amazon link to go to Amazon. That's going to give us a kickback, whatever, however you do your shopping. You may need to clear your cookies before you do that to make sure that it registers that you're coming from that link. And uh, we greatly appreciate you using those Amazon links to, uh, to go do your Amazon shopping. It helps us out in a big, big way, and we appreciate your support that way. Until next time, when we will talk about who knows what, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. Rock on, everybody. Rock on, guys. Bye. Can't get enough.